episode 21 of the Bearded Carcast. We're coming to you from Bank of America Stadium. Bill Voth will be our guest from Panthers.com. Works for the Carolina Panthers. And covers the team for the team site. And a good friend of ours went to school with you. He did, and he's kind of done a lot of things covering the Panthers, whether it be on TV or his own website over the last decade or so an insider if you will an insider in a huge uh well he's from cleveland so he's kind of the, become the defender of all things cleveland which these days on the football side has been a kind of a difficult thing to be and by these days you mean bill's entire life yeah pretty much so um but it's funny to talk about insiders because this is the time of year with all of the whispers about right. the nfl draft coming up and today the story is that baker mayfield could be the number one pick and, and last week it was josh, josh allen, allen could be yeah. the number one pick and we're going to talk about the draft bill is a great source to talk about the panthers because he works for the panthers and has covered the team the browns because he has followed them and been a fan for a long time and dave gettleman who used to be be the GM here and now kind of controls the draft with the Giants at number two. But this whole concept of talking about the draft day after day and hour after hour, in the end, we have no idea. That's why Marty Herney gets paid to spend months and have a entire department dedicated and it's still kind of throwing darts. Well, one of my big pet peeves, and I understand because I've been on the other side of it, one of my big pet peeves is Everybody feels like they have to have a mock draft. And a mock draft is about as useful as a $3 bill. Yeah. And now I understand from a content providing side, you yep. want to have some content. It gets so unbelievable clicks. There was yep. that great article, I think it was in Sports Illustrated this last week, about the history of the mock draft. And everyone that does them knows they're entirely stupid and arbitrary, but people cannot get enough of them. Well, it's a little bit, in, in, in this respect, it's like the NCAA tournament in that nobody, I don't think, has ever done a perfect mock draft right I mean, so that, so possible, or what are you impossible. looking forward to with the draft whether it be the patriots your favorite team the panthers who you follow very closely and you work for the panthers radio network what are you interested to see well first of all i am interested to see the direction that carolina goes in because obviously there's some some big shoes big needs to fill on the offensive side for the Panthers, you're looking at offensive line, you're looking at wide receiver, and, and not so much like a possession guy. I mean, they need like a burner, I think, a deep threat. Uh, and I think also for the Panthers, the you know corner and secondary are, are big positions. And you know, every every I mean, every team almost when you look at all the team needs, uh, especially in the top ten, I mean, almost every team can use an edge rusher or, or a pass rusher. So I'm interested to see, you know, do the Panthers try to trade up? I know one of the, the theories uh, the last 24 hours was maybe that they would go back in the draft and maybe try to accumulate more assets. I mean, I think people are starting to find more and more value in day two of the draft, which is the second and third rounds. Uh, but you still want to try and get that impact guy, that, that starter in the first round pick. And, yeah, I mean, you know, New England has – I'm interested to see, you know, how high do they go quarterback. We talked about that last week. I mean, probably not going to go first, second round quarterback, but they do have two first round picks. Do they trade one of those back and get more second round picks? I mean, there's there's so much uh, – there's so much there. I'm interested actually to see what Cleveland does. You know, do they they have two picks? And we talked about that last week. Do they go two quarterbacks, which was something you were you were proffering? Um, you know, what does Dave Gettleman do? I mean, I, I think Dave Gettleman is in the catbird seat because he can get that quarterback at number two that he wants, or he might if if there's someone there that's going to give him a king's ransom. That's a possibility too. The bottom line is, it really comes down to each individual team's evaluation. If you're Dave Gettleman and you want the quarterback who is eventually, and by eventually I mean within the next year or two, going to replace Eli Manning, if you can get him at two, 
great. But if you can get them at five or six, right. even better. So there's both the evaluation and then there's the shell game of trying to get the maximum amount out. But when it's all said and done, whatever it is you trade to get your franchise quarterback, it's almost always worth it if that guy is the next great player at that position. That's why I think the Browns taking two quarterbacks isn't outrageous because you put all your chips into getting that guy, but now you got two shots at it. When you look at all these quarterbacks, and maybe you haven't spent a ton of time on it because, quite frankly, that's not what you get paid to do, but whether it be Rosen or Darnold or Mayfield, this group of guys, Josh Allen, is there one guy in the things you've read, in the things that you've watched that you go, if I was drafting number one, that's the guy I would want. I think guys that are getting paid to do that haven't really done that. I mean, I think they cycle through. I mean, all, all four of those names you just mentioned are, are guys that each keep popping up. And I think it's going to come down to uh, how each te- individual team has them ranked on their uh, slot. Does on their it board. scare you if you're the Browns that there's not a consensus number one guy? It does from the standpoint of and I know teams necessarily don't think this way. It's more of a media and fan thing. But I think when you look at history, that's daunting because they have, I mean, how many times have they had a chance to draft a franchise quarterback? And it's just, it's been a bust. Okay. So as the weekend goes on, the first round Thursday, next couple of rounds on Friday, and then the end of the draft, the last four rounds on Saturday, are you watching Friday and Saturday, or are you casually watching? Like, how big a deal is this? We actually, do, as a family, do enjoy watching the draft. So we'll try to watch as much of the draft together as a so family. So most families get together for Thanksgiving. You guys gather around and, and chop it up well, for eight hours on Saturday. But there's, there's family history here because when Sam, when I moved Sam from New York City, so I came here first in, in uh, March of 98, and then she had to clear up her work and all that stuff and you know get 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 out of her lease so uh, we moved her down like a month after I moved down here and it was the weekend of the draft so we drove down all day and I remember that was when the draft was on Saturday and it started like at noon or one o'clock or whatever so we actually went from ESPN radio station to ESPN radio station to whatever uh, sports station we could find driving down and listen to the draft, and it was we stopped somewhere in the I'm middle of Virginia. I'm shocked that you didn't get to Charlotte. She didn't get on a plane and fly back. <laughs> I mean, it's mind-numbing. In, in 15 minutes, I think at that time between picks and the first round, I mean, nothing. But we were happens. driving, and no, but but it was the, the the analysis, and so we weren't watching it. But uh, we, I mean, I wouldn't say we dedicate our entire weekend to it. But you know, if 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 we don't have something to do, if we're not actually phys- doing something, we'll 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 kind of tune in and see what's on going Thursday on. night, the first round. Big-time players, prospects, guys that are going to impact the league. Are you going to watch that over an NBA or an NHL playoff game? Well, I haven't decided whether I'm going to be here or not. Uh, so if I'm home, uh, if I come out here to, to cover it and check it out, obviously I'll have to be focused on what's wrong. Then you're working. Then I'm working. But uh, if I'm not, um, I would probably – I see. I don't dedicate I, – I, I sometimes bounce around a lot. I feel like I it's I the ultimate social media event because you can see all of the picks right. and scroll to right. people's comments without watching it, and then you can watch your basketball or your hockey game. Like, what is the point in dedicating? I think it's now ten minutes between picks in the first round, right? So, like, why would you watch 
an hour of television coverage to see five or six names called when you could see the same five or six names called on Twitter or Facebook while watching something else? Well, I think the, the, the value is if you want to learn, get more insight on the guys being picked. Because remember, there's all that analysis going into the pick. Like, oh, who could they take here? Who's high on the board? And then after the pick, they kind of give you the stats. So if you really kind of want to bone up on some players that maybe you haven't heard of. But isn't the greatest moment in NFL draft history the time, this is now 20 or 25 years ago, when Mel Kuyper ripped a pick and then they yeah. asked the GM and he goes, what does Mel Kuyper know? Yeah. I mean, like, he, he's well-studied and has right. an opinion, doesn't make it a but, right opinion. But now, but now I think you have more you have more insiders on the on the broadcast than you did before. I mean, Mel Kuyper was kind of one of the leading guys. Now you have a bunch of guys that are experts in that. Sometimes they have former GMs and, and scouts. So it's, it's, it's not just – I think there's more – you know, we have access to much more information now. I, no, I agree with you. I think there's a, there's, a, there's a benefit to having your computer on, and, and if you want to kind of keep – track that way or if you want to watch your phone i mean certainly there's there's many avenues to digest this well we're not draft experts but bill voth is our panthers expert our panthers insider and we bring in my good friend from syracuse university i think our first syracuse university guest and it's great to have bill with us thought about trading down to pick a guest for the podcast, but we decided to go best available, and Bill Voth was the only one in the building here at the Panthers headquarters. Bill Voth from Panthers.com joins us. Let's start, though, with your origins. You grew up in Cleveland, a long-suffering Browns fan. What will the Browns be doing Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? Well, as somebody that, you know... (laughs) See, I like covering a team that I'm not necessarily a fan of, like with the Panthers. So I feel like I could see things more clearly with the Browns. Sure. As a fan, as in when you're a fan, a lot of times you think like a fan in fantasy football, you that kind of like warps your brain. I really want them to take Saquon Barkley, and I wouldn't even mind if they did it at number one. But that's not the practical or prudent thing to do, which I think they're actually going to do this draft, at least early, unless Jimmy Haslam comes in and and interferes which always a possibility exactly so i think they'll take a quarterback at one whichever one they think is best either either uh uh darnold or uh or allen and then i think they'll take bradley chubb at four dave will take barkley at two and uh the jets will take a quarterback at three and that's what i think will happen man you you feel so confident in that i do and that's because uh Fortunately, I've, I have a little bit of inside info on it, and so that's what I think was, is what's going to happen. So I think as a fan, if, so if I didn't have that, I would I would probably be talking a lot about Saquon right now. But I've I've resigned myself to uh, know that they're not going to be getting them. You followed this franchise forever, and they've struggled the quarterback position forever. How could you feel as though taking a running back in that spot? Because I'm an idiot, <laughs> and because why would you trust them to take the right quarterback? Well, that's exactly it, and Mike and I have talked a lot about this. I think the idea of taking two quarterbacks isn't ridiculous only because what are the chances they get the first one right? The problem is the pressure. It's it's you don't give the other guy a chance. It's what happened here. And listen, was Matt Moore ever going to be a great quarterback? Probably not. But when you drafted Jimmy Clausen, Matt Moore had no chance. Yep. Derek Anderson in Cleveland coming off that Pro Bowl year. When they drafted Brady Quinn, Derek had no chance. That's why I think... 
Lamar Jackson, drafting Lamar Jackson to a, to a franchise that has a franchise quarterback would be just horrible. It becomes a thing then because then you got to get the guy on the field. So then, well, he doesn't want to play receiver. Well, how do you get him on the field? And what if Cam struggles? And it's just it becomes this whole to do. So if you take the second quarterback, and in, in, in Washington, it it was a bit of a it was a to do until RG three just couldn't play anymore. Yeah, it worked out for them that they did have that second quarterback and Kirk Cousins, who I think went in the fourth round yes. that draft. Uh, but it's it's just I think it makes things really uncomfortable. You gotta just you pick your one guy. You have Tyrod Taylor as the bridge quarterback. You take your one guy. You hope you're right and go from there. Think the Browns get a franchise quarterback or Charlotte gets the Olympics first. That's not funny. That's really not funny. <laughs> I think I think this is it. This is the as year. As he smirks. This is this is the year. As long as Jimmy Haslam lets his football people make the football decisions, there's a chance. I don't know if he will. But there's a chance. Do you like their current football people? Do you trust them? Yes, I them? do. I do, cuz I think Dorsey's a lot like Dave Gettleman who's just just he's he's going to rub people the wrong way, but he's going to make his decisions and he's going to go with them and it's going to work or it's not. And I like that. And Dave has a prominent place in this draft. And mm-hmm. you, you yeah. think it's simple. He's going to use that pick and he's not going to take Eli's replacement. Correct. And I think it's the same thing. You cannot take a quarterback if you're Dave right now. That just becomes they already have so many other headaches. You take a quarterback and then, OK, Eli. He's going to struggle here and there, and then when that happens, then you got to get this guy. You got to figure out how to play him, and all this other stuff. That becomes a complete circus in New York, and it suffocates. But to the play franchise. devil's advocate, in order to win in the NFL, you have to have a quarterback, uh-huh. and they have one. They have one. right now. Yep. But when are they going to have the number two pick again? Eli's got what a year, two years left. Don't you want to have the Patrick Mahomes guy, the guy that's ready to go, so you don't have to answer that question? Well, who's your quarterback next year, all year long? How do we know Patrick Mahomes is any good? We don't. And they didn't have to get him at number two. Where he went ten. So the the Giants aren't going to be all that great. They they'll have they'll have a chance to have a pretty decent pick in the next year or two because they're not going to be it's not going to be a quick fix up there. He knows that. Uh, I was I, w- I was hoping for the Brandon Bean trade down into two. Mm. Uh, that was I think made a lot of sense. It sounds like that's not going to happen now. Brandon was here and now is running the Bills. Right. Buffalo Bills. Right. So uh, that that was making a lot of sense to me because I just don't think Dave's touching a quarterback. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think he's he's gonna take uh, he's gonna take Barkley, and uh, I, I, it's it's just it, again it's that it's that fan in you that would love to. I, I will never forgive the Browns for taking a Gerard Warren instead of Ladanian Tomlinson uh, in in the draft. Whatever if that would have been the 2001 draft, I believe. Uh, so I've been hoping the Browns would get a, a running back, a dynamic running back, ever since, and it certainly hasn't happened. Now, the deeper you go in the draft, you know, obviously comes a little bit more difficult to to judge. But what do you think Panthers will end up with at, at twenty four if they stay at twenty four? And I think they will. I think when you're in the twenties, you always kind of want to hope, like, oh, maybe you could trade back a little bit and get some. So you never know. But there's a lot of teams in the twenties that probably. So if you've got like two, three, four guys that you like in your spot, of course you'd love to trade. Sure. But you need someone to. Right. And New England has two you need in, a the, dance in the bottom twenty and thirty. Right. So, but I, yeah, I think they'll stay at twenty-four, and uh, there's I think a smorgasbord of uh, players that it could that it could be. So, off the top of my head, receiver, tight end, offensive line, cornerback. Is that it? Social media guy. 
I think that's it. Social media. Guy. The Panthers, they're doing they're doing pretty good in, in social media. Uh, but uh, I, I think that's that's where you'd go. I don't think they're going to take a safety at twenty four. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, but I think those. Did I say cornerback? Yeah, cornerback, yeah. safety, wide receiver. Oh, I said cornerback, wide receiver, tight end, offensive line. Yep. Did I say tight end? You are they said. drafting for position, or are they drafting the typical best available? I think they have so many needs right now that it's going to conveniently line up. I don't think they'll be taking a linebacker. Uh, I don't think they'll be taking a quarterback. Uh, I think there was a chance early in the process and it would have made fran- fans freak out, uh, perhaps a defensive tackle. I don't think that's going to happen now. Uh, but but I think it'll line up conveniently with a position position of need. Their best player will be a position of need. Now, we are kind of in the middle of press conference season with a lot of teams have already had their press conference. Yeah, you learn a up. lot through these things. No right? kidding. No, but, but yeah. here's the question I want to ask you, because I think this will be more in line with what we want to do. But favorite draft cliches from general managers? See, I, I pour one out for Dave. I mean, I, I like Marty a lot, but Dave's – pre-draft pressers with the hog mollies and yeah. all this other stuff. So I, I don't really have any favorite cliches that other people would say because yeah. I just, Dave's were the, Dave's were so right. great. And you yeah. can actually learn some things from Dave. Dave, Dave, Dave really, he gave more than people he gave credit for. struggled yeah. at lying and Dave yep. would drop hints that yep. if you listened a second time or yep. a third, you Oh, Okay, and yeah. then if you listen back afterwards, you really were like, "Oh my gosh!" So he's not going to come right out and say, "We're going to take Kelvin Benjamin," but right. he would, he would, he was. But not he'd say something like, "Well, you know, you know, big wide receivers are hard, tough to get." <laughs> yeah, so, you know, yeah. yeah, and it was he would just, drop hints. Yeah, he would. He was. It was great, and I don't think uh, I, you know, he was also funnier than. I think the one negative comment um, in hindsight, it would have been great if he spoke more, because I think he was he was. Oh, more, he is now in New York. I know. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's oh, you think they'll ask him a lot of questions? <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh, it's, it seems like every day he's having a talk up there right now. You've covered the NFL for a long time now. Do you enjoy the draft? No. Why not? Because you. It's. 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 I think before hashtag fake news began, the NFL draft began it. These mock drafts. Yeah. It's a joke. How inaccurate they are. All it does is make fans dumber. And the more the, the the population in general is getting dumber, and so this coverage around the draft it just it's just misinformation. Bill, you're just, so positive. People that are guessing. You ask me a question, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> no, but it, and I think you and I actually talked about this last year on on uh, on FNZ. My biggest pet peeve with the mock draft is it's so much ado about nothing because after maybe the second or third pick, you don't know where the draft is going. Right. Like, it's just so much like superfluous, and I, it's a great exercise. And if you have to create content, I understand uh, that. Uh-huh. But the, the zero value should be taken in any of these mock drafts. Yeah, I just don't think the general population gets. I think they're like uh, your boy Joe Lenardi, right? I think people understand that he's not the NCAA committee, but I think there's a lot of people that look at it and be like, well, uh, you know, Davidson's been placed uh, out yeah. in the West. We've got to look at trips. And it's like, you, you understand yeah. he's not the one doing right, it, right? right? Yeah. And these mock drafts. And so, for example, uh, a few years ago, which draft was it? Uh, Morgan Moses was coming out. Was it the Kelvin draft? It might have been the Kelvin draft. And Morgan Moses and all these mock drafts had the Panthers taking Morgan Moses, and the Panthers didn't want they had nothing they had no interest in Morgan Moses yeah. at all. So when the Panthers didn't take Morgan Moses, fans were like, "Oh my God, they're so they're such idiots for not taking." Mor-. Well, why? Because because Mel Mel Kiper said Morgan Moses. They they had no 
the football people had no interest in the guy. Are there players you're hearing about that you think would be a particularly good fit with the Panthers? Or maybe not a Carolina-related question. Are there guys that are getting buzzed for the right reasons that wherever they get picked Thursday or Friday, you go, yeah, I want to keep a close eye on that guy? Uh, yeah, I like... If, if I had to root for the Panthers to take somebody right now, it would be uh, Jair Alexander, uh, the cornerback out of Louisville. And that's because, completely selfish, I think he's going to be a great soundbite. And the locker room doesn't have many of them right now, especially in the secondary. He's a Charlotte kid, too. Exactly. And he's got an attitude. And I don't know if he's all the way Jalen Ramsey-type attitude, but he's potentially Jalen Ramsey, Josh Norman, just like this guy is so confident in himself, and he has to be. He's, he's under six feet tall. Yep. Tremendous chip on his shoulder. He wasn't, uh, wasn't recruited by any ACC schools, only had three D1 offers, and he's built himself up into this. And, and I think I want, I want someone that makes the Panthers PR department uncomfortable. That's who I want them to draft. And uh, this will mean nothing to you because I don't think you've uh, been to a Knights game, but uh, Miss Camilla, who who uh, runs the elevator at BBT Ballpark, is the aunt of Jair Alexander. Oh, yeah? So she's been pumping him up the last couple weeks. Uh, don't tell anyone that because that's that's a great story for someone to write if, in fact, he, he comes here. I already, here. Put, it, already, <laughs> put, it my, already yeah. put it in my vault. Anybody else, though, in this large spectrum of players that are going to be drafted? And again, it doesn't have to be a, a Carolina angle, though, that you're particularly high on or particularly interested in. Draft isn't my thing, seriously, because, as I said, I, I, I'm so – I can pretend to know what the Panthers are doing at 24. Anything else, and then right. beyond that, yeah, just like yeah, you don't you, know what's going after the first no. two or three picks of the draft, that's what you only see. You, you know, like the the later rounds in the draft. It's just but, but people like, that like on. do seven round mock drafts, I get think, are insane. Uh, to but, me, yeah, the, but you get clicks. But to me, the exactly. bigger value, and again, it's reverse, right? Because this is what should be the value. To me, the bigger value is if if you did a story on um, on the war room after the fact and how the decision was made. Right. Like that, to me, is more fascinating. Right. But I'm beginning to regret not doing a bearded car cast mock draft. <laughs> they, uh, Panthers.com did one the past couple of years. That's uh, That idea has been squashed for this year, so unfortunately. <laughs> but, yeah, I think Mike Silver's done a, a couple of yeah. them the last couple of years. I think he was with the Rams and uh, somewhere else last year. Peter King does something like that. But, yeah, that, that's that's interesting to see how it how it all comes I like together. how everything comes together. And, and, like, you know, you got 17 phone calls and, you know, the, the Bills called and they called and this didn't work out this is why like that to is, me is the more. league changing bill it seems to me that teams now like philadelphia and the rams are saying we have a window to win and they're going all in on that two or three or four year spot it, uh, has the league fractured to the point where there are the teams that are really competing to win now the teams maybe trying to crawl into the playoffs and everybody else well, you know why that window is, of course. Well, it's the quarterback exactly. on the rookie deal. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know if it's changed. I think some teams are trying it now. So as we know, it's a it's a copycat league. But if you're the Panthers, if you're the Patriots, if you're the, the Packers, you can't really copy that model. Right. Right. So right. these other teams are trying to get out there. Yeah. So I read something less need. I think he gave a quote to Peter King a couple weeks ago about how their analytics have shown that the draft – and I'm paraphrasing here now, isn't as valuable. Which, if if that's what the Rams are thinking, which by the right. moves he made this offseason, it looks like that's what he's saying. Because that bucks conventional wisdom. He's going and getting these guys that he knows that 
that have already produced in the league that he's paying a little bit for now and he's getting rid of draft picks for, but he's just going to, he's going to, going to reset that roster with more trades in the next and is kind of keep doing that. So I think the Rams are going to be what's fascinating to watch. It looks like they've devalued their draft picks. Doesn't that make sense for a short term and not a lot of sense long term? Yeah. As our mutual buddy, Darren Gantt says, and he's crazy. I mean, I get the beginning part of his point, but that he would essentially tank Get the first pick, take your quarterback, do a four-year cycle, get rid of that quarterback, lose again, didn't just keep going back in these cycles. Easier said because than the, done. Because the most valuable, the most valuable thing in the league is a cheap quarterback. Right, but you could also do what the Patriots have done with some success is getting that quarterback as a second or a third or a fourth rounder. And, you know, if you pick the wrong guy, just cycle one out and cycle somebody else in. The Patriots are Mike's team. Do you think they're going to take a first or a second round QB? I have no idea. What do you think? I can't imagine it. I mean, it seems like maybe second round, but I, I, I don't see Bill Belichick doing that in the first round. That's not been his trend, but maybe this, you know, Especially because the one guy that you keep hearing there is Lamar Jackson, and I don't think you need to burn a first or a second round You're going to have to move up, though, to the top 15, top 20 to take Lamar Jackson. You're not only going to use a first-round pick, you're going to use the equity you have with other picks to get him. Yeah, you but think he's going to be a first-round Patri- pick? The Patriots aren't going to do any – they don't like doing conventional things. Right. So if there's any team that would deal with a, a whole, like, thing, which I was saying don't – that's why I don't think the Panthers – I could see the Patriots taking a chance on that and just and and, and stubbornly thinking they can make it work because a lot of times That's they true. do. What about the rest of the teams in the Panthers division, the NFC South? Do you have expectations for what you're going to see out of the Bucks and Atlanta and New Orleans? No, I, no idea, no clue. Uh, just Saints. I think everyone would love to do what the Saints did last year. I mean, wow, draft nailed, Alvin Kamara in the third round. Nailed that draft. They drafted five five dudes that had. That had really big roles last year, and yeah, Kamara, that nice, you know, Lattimore was pretty decent too, right? Uh, so I think everyone wants to try and figure that out, but it's a lot easier said than done. So uh, it's it's I, I think when you look at the general off seasons, it's tough to say that the Panthers and you just look at that you look at that one opponent, right, the Saints, that you lost to three times last year. Can you really say that the Panthers have done much to even catch up to the Saints? No, but that's right. why it's so impossible to predict the NFL. So who who knows? Bill Voth from Panthers.com joining us on our Bearded Carcast. Before we let you go, and we could talk about the Panthers, and we could talk about the draft and the NFL all the you time. You want to talk Georgia Tech basketball now. Right, because the ratings. The, the ratings for that sure. are yeah, unbelievable. The evolution that media has taken, and particularly the way you have gone about kind of changing professions within the same medium, do you like the way things are now? No, but this is this is the reality. I could stand on my soapbox and say that teams and leagues taking more control of information, that's that's not ideal. So, but, so I could stand on a soapbox right. and say that's not right and there needs to be – but. But then I don't have a job, right? And, but they've also so given you the freedom people. to be you. I, I have a. I, that is my goal with this. Is I want to that whole and it's a stereotype, and in most cases it's it's an accurate stereotype because you can't say that you are independent if you're actually getting a paycheck from a team, no matter how much you know, how, right. and no matter how independent you want to be. I want to push that boundary as much as possible. And so far, in over a year, I have not gotten my hand slapped once. And I'm, so I'm just going to keep trying to stretch it. And I know that I'm going to get my hand slapped. But I think that's the important thing, is that there is no question that traditional media is dying. So 
what I wanted to do was join the quote-unquote dark side and then try and push that envelope to see because the one thing that I think that's holding team and league websites back from that credibility is the cheerleading. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to. I don't. I I want to take the cheerleading away. And I say, listen, I'm going to tell. Listen, as I said, told you, like I don't think. What have the Panthers done to get better than the Saints right now? Whereas I think in more really the traditional thought with those with those type of team things are like, oh yeah, well we have done this and this and it's just like no, like let's let's be realistic about something. If Cam Newton throws three interceptions in a game, we need to be able to say he he was really not good today. Here's right. why, blah blah, right. blah blah blah. And I think that's that's the next step for team and league websites is to to acknowledge the the warts and at least start with the obvious warts. And that on the post game show, our mission has always been. Movie has been told, see, tell us what you see, you know, and if you're critical, just be able to back it up. And if you're able to back it up, no problem. And that, that's kind of the, the same kind right. of thing. Yeah. yeah. So that's 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 the goal, and it's uh, it's a big ship, and it it takes a lot of effort to to steer a big ship. Yeah. But that's trying. That's kind of the experiment I'm going through right now. But no, I would love to be on the outside and be some proper investigative reporter. Well, you did that. that. Yeah, and pretty you know, average at very best. And but it's just those jobs. It's just I wasn't good enough to really think that my future was in that because those those jobs are just dying and dying yeah. and dying. When you dying. say traditional media is dying, what about like the athletic, which seems to have a lot of money? Sure, and you, you got to root for that. You got to root for that uh, to to work. Uh, because it's going to take somebody to do that to have other people want to take risks and grow the journalism. Because you know, and I'm I'm sure the athletic has done a mock draft or two, but yeah. they don't have to do mock drafts because they don't have to get. Clicks just yet they don't right 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 Perhaps, now their money right, comes from subscribers right now yeah. right now what's going to be interesting is if they do make it who's the competition and then does it force the athletic to get into these gimmicky things right. that others have had to do like and send bait. out nine mock drafts yeah someone DM'd me the other day as someone's someone's mock draft version 9.0 <laughs> what is that. <laughs> Well, that's going to be the entirety of our discussion on the pre-draft. But Sunday night, we'll recap the draft. So there it is. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Bill. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure to hear from Bill Vogt from PanthersPanthers.com. I know a good friend of both of ours. I've known Bill a long time. You've known him longer than I have. Uh, but good, great to get his insights on uh, everything that we talked about. Yeah, and coming up on Sunday night, we're going to do a very special draft breakdown show. And thankfully, it's not going to be you and I breaking down the draft because <laughs> we don't pay that much attention to the guys drafted in the fifth and the sixth round. But our friend Darren Gant will be our first ever second time guest on That's the show. Right. Darren That's Gant right. from Pro Football Talk will join us Sunday night and we should get the podcast out either late on Sunday yes. or early on Monday so you can get your, your draft analysis. If you have questions as the draft is moving along and we can then gather them and give them to Darren. Dar- Darren's going to be a popular guy Monday, Tuesday, and sure. all the radio shows and online. We got him first on Sunday night. Send us an email to beardedcarcast at outlook.com or on social media, hashtag beardedcarcast. Looking forward to uh, seeing what happens this week, seeing where the quarterbacks go, seeing what the Browns and the Panthers and Dave Gettleman and everybody does, see where those quarterbacks go, and we'll break it down with Darren Gann on Sunday night. All right, so episode 21 of the Bearded Carcast in the books. Thanks for listening.